Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Canadian jazz pianist, composer, and arranger, Rini Rosnes. She is a part of the supergroup called Artemis. We caught up with her in late September 2020 on the heels of releasing their self-titled debut. This Blue Note Records release captures a supergroup comprised of seven of the most acclaimed musicians in modern jazz, including Anat Cohen, Melissa Aldana, Allison Miller, and Cecile McLaurin Savant, along with others. It's an understatement to say this is a powerful collective septet of visionary band leaders and composers, and we have a good story for you. Enjoy. Thank you for taking a minute out today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. We're, we're in a very, very strange, peculiar, odd time on the planet. You know, one of those where you're waiting for David Lynch to just walk down the middle of the street and yell cut. And I want to know... This album is like a ray of sunshine with what's going on. What a power lineup. What a wonderful album you've put out. So my Thank question you. before, yeah, you bet. Before I get into the actual material and how all of this came about, tell me what your feelings individually and as a group is about putting this out during a pandemic. Well, you know, the, the album was recorded uh, last September. So it was recorded a year ago. Uh, at that time, of course, we had no idea what was going to be coming down the line. The company, Blue Note Records, was uh, saying that they would really like to spend some time to do the proper promotion for it, and they didn't want to release it until this year. And at the time, all of us felt, oh, it's so far away. <laughs> but now, in in hindsight, I I think that there was a silver lining to it. Just the idea that some new music can be released at a time like this. Although we can't perform and support the album uh, that way live, I think a lot more people are tuned in to the internet and to uh, maybe music in general. You know, it provides some solace uh, to a lot of people. And so perhaps there is some kind of, you know, other thing at work there that that it was it turned out to be not not such a bad thing that it was released so long after we recorded it. How do you assemble such a wonderful group of such talented musicians? I mean, you're talking about unbelievable amounts of experience and talent in that one room. How did this happen? Well, the genesis of what was to become Artemis uh, happened in 2016 when a French promoter invited me to put a band together to come and celebrate International Women's Day for two concerts in Paris and Luxembourg. And and so I chose musicians that I loved uh, either playing with or highly respected. At that, for those two concerts, Terry Lynn Carrington was on drums and Linda O oh was on bass. We did... We performed the concerts, and they went so well, we talked about doing uh, a summer tour, which did happen in 2017. Unfortunately, Linda and Terry were just uh, a bit too busy in their schedules and um, weren't able to join us. Um, and so that's when I brought in Allison Miller and Noriko Oueda. And we just had a ball. We had a great time playing. We... Um, just felt a great sense of chemistry together. We uh, enjoyed hanging, you know, off stage as well as on. <laughs> and um, and I think it was at the end of that tour that we decided, you know, let's let's make this official and uh, turn this into an uh, you know a bona fide band that plays together. And 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 um, and that's when we 
decided to become Artemis. So how does the song construction happen? Are there principal architects? Is it a true collective collaboration? How does all of that happen when you have such great minds in the room working on one project together? It's really not a problem at all. We we uh, we do work well together, and uh, since we are performing um, pieces from, especially on this record, uh, uh, pieces from everybody, everybody's a composer uh, or an arranger. Um, so when we get together, whoever's piece that we're working on, they direct the rehearsal. I would say that I'm more of an organizing force um, rather than, you know, it's not, I don't consider myself the leader in terms of uh, I tell everyone what to do all the time and it's only my vision. I think it's all of ours uh, together. Um, you know, we, we are uh, musicians who have our own bands and touring schedules and, uh, you know, we're very busy. So I think that this is very special for all of us to be able to come together and make music and uh, just be who we are. It it just was a, a natural kind of organic thing that we really knew, look, we gotta, we've got to continue to play together because it's very special. Now that this project is out and people are listening to it, what, what's your ultimate hope? For the, for the listener to get from this process. I mean, it's such rich sound. There's so much going on, and, and you can tell the talent of everybody in this band. What do you ultimately want the listener to get from this experience? I just want them to enjoy the music, first and foremost, and uh, let it be inspirational uh, for, for perhaps young women as well who are coming up playing, that they can look towards a band like this and say, wow, I see me in that person, or I feel like if they can do it, I can do it. Um, of course, it's not like it was 30 years ago or 40 years ago. There are many young women playing uh, in, instrumental jazz and sounding great. It's just a case of um, more recognition in that area um, so that they can they can feel like Hey, I can I can do this. I can have a career playing jazz. What's next? I know we're in this pandemic and there's kind of a lot of unknowns, but with the group, what's what's kind of the ideal situation as you move forward? We just want to get out there and play, um, like everyone else does too. Uh, we had a lot of work canceled, a tour in Europe, uh, various uh, dates across the country, and in Canada. Um, so that's, that's our main priority is just to get back out there and, and play for everybody. We just, we just enjoy it and we want, we want to present our music to the world and have a great time doing it. So jazz is a conversation. Overwhelmingly when you get together, what's the conversation like? If you broke that down into something that like your regular person would understand, how are you all conversing? I think that all of us are great listeners as well as speakers, if you will. So when we play together, it's always a conversation in that we're listening to one another to bring support or to uh, make musical decisions that bring the music to its fullest potential. That's the way it is when you have a group of friends speaking together. Maybe somebody might uh, interrupt, uh, but it's okay, or the conversation takes a different topic. All of that is true in jazz. We can we can switch gears and go one way or another way depending on 
how somebody is is you know kind of leading the conversation but i think that it's a natural thing amongst all great musicians is that you know you have to be a great listener as well and i i think we have that in this band you know sometimes we only get to where we're going because the heroes that we look up to and who would you say are you know not only musical heroes but other heroes that have really inspired you all as a group Oh, gosh. As a group, I don't know. There's so many. I'm sure everyone would have a different answer. Um, I mean, my heroes are all the greats in jazz, whom, some of whom I've been lucky enough to perform with, such as like Wayne Shorter is a big hero of mine, J.J. Uh, Johnson, Joe Henderson, James Moody, Bobby Hutcherson. I'm currently playing with Ron Carter, uh, uh, his uh, quartet called Foresight. All of these people are heroes of mine, and uh, I'm sure everyone would have a different answer. The most inspirational musicians to me are ones that can slip into any context and and just excel. And uh, that's kind of the type of musician I aspire to be, is just to be, to be as supportive as possible in a rhythm section role and, and then shine when the moment calls for it. And there's what, there's so so many heroes out there that do that. Yeah. What was the first live jazz show you ever saw that made you think, man, this is something I would love to do? I don't think that uh, the first live jazz show uh, equates with me thinking that. But I, it was in high school. Um, there were various people. I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I had a wonderful band director who took us all to many concerts uh, I remember seeing Count Basie in the big band. I remember seeing um, Buddy Rich's big band, uh, Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea. So many great artists came through Vancouver during that time when I was growing up. I think it, it really wasn't until I got to university. I was studying classically there. Um, they didn't have a jazz program. It was at the University of Toronto. They had a big band of which I was part of. But it was during that time that I really realized, you know, my passion really is jazz. And this is this is this is what I'm going to focus on, and strive towards. It was after, you know, it was when I was in university that I made that decision. You know, you've been a force in jazz for quite a while. What's been the key to your longevity? To to you know, getting to this point where you're in a super group and and and, and having this stature in the world of jazz that you have. Well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> um, to me, it's it's about working hard. It's about being truthful with yourself, being honest about your art, and uh, I think audiences know they can feel it when you're when you're being truthful. Um, and if 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 you can do that, then people will connect to the music. So, I think that's the best answer I could give is just. Uh, working hard and being being truthful to yourself, being true to yourself. Every day you wake up, you're a musician. What do you what's the, what's the greatest thing about being a musician? What do you like the best about this process? It well, you know, I I just feel so grateful and and that that I can be a musician, make a living as a musician. Um so many people on this earth don't have near this type of luxury in terms of, you know, having work that they truly love to do. You know, I'm just I'm just really grateful that that uh, that I have a gift that I can give to the world to hopefully uh, raise people's spirits. Let's say you have a dream, and 
you run into your younger self, like around the time that you were starting out, and you, with all the wisdom you've accumulated over all these years, can give your younger self a bit of advice, what would it be? <laughs> You're asking really hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what would it be? I would say not to worry, not to worry so much. If you do the work, there's room. If you do the work, you will succeed. So it's really, really about having the confidence in yourself to to uh, make a go of it and just work as hard as you can. And not to be so judgmental, perhaps. You know, I think of myself in terms of composing when I was much younger, and I found it more difficult because I was I was harder on myself. I would write a few bars and get frustrated and, and uh, just I wanted to get to the end result too quickly. And and then I realized as the years went by, you know, that's nothing to do with it. You don't need to worry about that. You can you can take your time to compose. Nobody's saying you have to finish a piece in, in one hour in one day. You know, some some compositions do kind of come out quickly. Um, but others, you know, they're 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 a work of art that takes time, and I believe that your subconscious is working on the music even when you're not thinking about it. So even if you if you sleep on something, you can come back to the piano the next day, and all of a sudden it's like a crossword puzzle question that you couldn't answer the day before, but then you come back to it and you think, why didn't I have that yesterday? You know, I think composing is, is a bit like that too. It's it's really a a riddle that that your mind uh, has to just work its way through. So when Artemis does get on stage and, and it's a packed house, and we don't know when that's going to happen, but it will. And let's say it's one of the first shows after this whole COVID-19 thing kind of goes away. What do you hope the audience and the musicians on stage realize about this absence of live music? Oh, just how special it is. Uh, you know, all, all of the live streams we're doing are 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 fine and 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 necessary at this moment but there's nothing like a live audience and feeling that energy from them uh and and it goes back and forth it bounces between the musicians on stage and the audience so i can only imagine that it will somehow feel very cathartic to get up there and play again and then for an audience member to be witnessing and hearing live music uh or or Going to the theater, I mean, anything that, that, you know, has traditionally had a live audience, I think all of us, all, all actors and dancers and opera singers, everyone's going to feel that. It's going to be electrifying, I think. Absolutely. So everything's going to come down to this. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fan base, but you're living your life. Who do you think you are? <laughs> who do I think I am? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who I am. <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> worrying about who I am. I don't. I don't think about that. I. I just uh, do. Do what I believe is right from day to day, and try and do my best with the gifts that that I've been given. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking some time out. I've been a big fan for for years. I appreciate your time. Uh, good luck Thank with you, this project. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Canada, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Rini for time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, 
go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.